0: Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Highmark Church Podcast. Our heartbeat is to help people find and follow Jesus. So we pray this message encourages you, strengthens you, and helps you pursue the purpose Jesus has for you. We're in our In Step series today, and I'm loving where we're going and where we've been in this series because we're talking about what it means to live in step with God's Holy Spirit. Now, one of the words that, or a phrase you would hear in our house on a regular basis would be, let's go already. Has anybody ever said that? you made some statement like, let's go already. Now, I learned that statement early on when Jamie and I first got married because I was used to just going when I was ready. But once I got married, I realized that no longer was I in charge. No <laughs> longer was I the one that when we were ready, it was time to go. Suddenly, I realized that I was always going to be uh, subject to what, when my wife was ready to go. Now, ladies, more power to you. You got a lot to do to get ready. I, I, I believe in you. I have faith in you, Like, but you're, you're awesome, but man, sometimes... I am like at home, I'm like, let's go already. Like we're gonna be late. I'm, I, I get impatient and I have a time when we're, we, we need to leave to be on time with where we're going. And I'll, I'll, I'll make that statement, let's go already. Now, sometimes if I'm honest and I'm just telling you in my flesh, I'm not saying it as nicely as I just said it to you right there. I'm like, let's go already. You know, I'm kind of yelling it. I'm kind of frustrated by it. And you might have experienced that in your house. Maybe you're better than me and maybe you guys are just peaceful and it all comes together and you walk out the door, you know, and it's just a one happy family. But maybe I have a problem. I can be impatient sometimes. And, uh, and maybe that's it. But I've discovered a new level of impatience because not only has being married taught me to be more patient, but now having a teenage daughter that we have to get out of the house, I'm using that statement, let's go already, way more and uh, m- way more frequently. So my. I have double the trouble right now, so please pray for me, pray for me, pray for my patience. You see, we live in an age of instant gratification. What we, we want, what we want, and we want it now. We want to have it. We, everything is happening quicker. It's happening easier. It's more convenient. Uh, and we can easily go online, and with a couple clicks, we can purchase something. And sometimes it can show up at our house that day or at the latest two days later we can easily you know text or call and and get a hold of our friend or or family members and we can we can in the moment make sure to close and and follow up with them and it's so easy now to be in constant contact and communication that now even if I don't get a hold of someone or if I try to call my, my wife and she doesn't answer her phone, I almost get frustrated by that. I'm like, why isn't she just sitting there waiting for my call or like looking for that? You know, and when I can't get a hold of her, I might get frustrated. But we can also now order food and have it instantly delivered to our house. No longer do we have to like get in the car and go to a restaurant, but instead we can order and and someone will bring it right to our house. This past uh, summer at the beginning of the summer, our son is working. He has a job now and uh, he woke up at about noon. He's 16 years old, so he woke up about noon one weekday and next thing I know, he's like, hey, what do we have to eat in the house? And we didn't have a lot. Next thing I know, he's sitting and eating a steak and like, you know, and I was like, where did you do? Where did that come from? He doesn't have his license yet. And he said, well, I door dashed it and it came right here to the house. And so, listen, we can have everything instantly. We live in a world of convenience. Everything is, is all about how quick it can be. Uh, and even with all the quickness and the speed and the ease, we still end up frustrated. We still are upset and at oftentimes discontent. Now there's a there's a book I read recently called The Impulse Society. And Paul Roberts identifies how our society and our thinking has been impacted by uh, by getting what we want in an instant, and I want to just read you a quote because he talks about it and how it's changing us, and we're not—it's not making us happier, but it's—it's—it's it's, it's actually uh, kind of changing our natural reactions and behavior. He says, in everything from eating and socializing to marriage and parenting and to politics, the norms and expectations of our self-centered culture are making it steadily harder we struggle to make or keep long-term commitments we find it harder to engage with or even tolerate people or ideas that don't relate directly and immediately to us. Has anybody with me you kind of, that resonates with you? I feel like sometimes I have a hard time with that. I have a hard time, you see, being patient. And as we're in this series, we're really focusing on Galatians 5, 22 and 23, because the Bible talks about us having not just a natural uh, reaction and response and what a response to our culture around us and our our uh, society but us talks about us living not just that natural or that fleshly response, but living in God's spirit. so the bible talks about talks to us about having access to God's holy spirit that when we live in God's holy spirit then we will have another level of patience in our life because our patience are, can grow thin, it can grow weary, it can grow short. But when we are living full of God's spirit, we can have a great patience in our life and we can live that. So Galatians 5, and 23 is our theme verse throughout this series when we talked about living in step with God's Holy Spirit. And this is what it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. And there's no law against these things. Just to clarify, there's no law against having any of those things. So those are all things that we should be exhibiting in our life. As God is working in us, that we should now live in this different approach. And we have not just our natural response, our natural kind of inclination, but we have a a, a spirit-led inclination. We want to live in step with God's Holy Spirit. Now, I don't have to be, I don't, I, The the part of this that is so amazing and such such victory for us is that we can live now in uh, in God's spirit and we can put off the old things the Apostle Paul talks about it like that he says I put off my old self I take it off and I pursue what God has in front of me I know that he is doing a work inside of me and that is the journey of following Jesus and that's the journey of having a relationship with Jesus in our life is that we have an old or natural self that we are letting go of and we're laying it down and we're saying God I want to live towards uh, and pursue your plan I want to Live, and I want your spirit to guide me more and more throughout my day. And that's what we're talking about in this series when we're saying, hey, we want to live in step with God's Holy Spirit. We want to be in sync with him. Bye, bye, bye. Was that, that's the wrong. Is that the right band? Okay, good. Just making sure. You guys will not forget this, okay? <laughs> this sermon. So you're like, "Remember who Master on bye bye bye." Okay, um, that's not in the notes. Uh, so the more the more we do this, though, the more we lean into God's Spirit, we have the strength and the power that comes from God's Holy Spirit. And it's not about you trying to do better. See, when I read Galatians chapter five, verse twenty-two, it could be easy for me to be like, "I need to do this. I need to make that happen. I need to kind of buckle up and, and be better and act better." But that's not what the Spirit and the Holy Spirit is all about. The Holy Spirit is about empowering us to live that way. So it's not our power, it's the Holy Spirit's power working through us. Our job is just to stay in step with God's Holy Spirit. Our job is just to align our hearts and focus our minds and let God do the work inside of us. And so patience is a theme that we see all throughout the Bible. You may not see it directly, it may not be just a verse that talks about patience, but it's a theme that's woven all throughout scripture. It's a theme that we see in the Old Testament to the New Testament that we can easily read the accounts and stories of people's lives in the Bible, and we can say, man, look at how quickly God worked, but what we don't realize is that it was years sometimes in the making, and I think one of the heroes of the Bible is Joseph. Now, the story of Joseph is captured in, in Genesis, and we're going to look at it some, uh, in chapters 37 through 42 today, because that's really kind of the part of his life that I want to focus on, and don't worry, we're not going to read six chapters of the Bible today, but his, un- his story unfolds over this, those six chapters. And we see uh, parts of his life where we need to be reminded just to be more patient. It reminds me, I need to be more patient and that in the end and through it all, that God is faithful. Is anybody with me this morning? Come on. That was, like, that was probably like a good spot right there. So it reminds me that I need to be more patient and that God is faithful through it all. Come on. Yeah, he's, he is. So listen, this is what it says. Joseph's story in, in Genesis chapter 37, verses 5 and 8, it says this, that Joseph was with his brothers and he, one night he had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. And Joseph said this. He said, listen to this dream. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain and suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles gathered around and they bowed low before mine. And his brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? And Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way that he talked about them. Man, I think about that. I think of Joseph's boldness and he had brothers and he was already the favorite. We, we read as we read the story of Joseph, he was the favorite of his dad. He was blessed and just had his favor of his father. God's work uh, hand was on his life. And uh, we read here that God gives him a dream. God puts a dream in a, in his heart. And I want to just remind you tomorrow this morning that God is through it all. He's faithful. You can have patience because God puts dreams in your heart. God has He is a dream giver. He puts desires in our hearts for all of us. He's put it inside of you, and you say, Well, I don't know what my dream is. I don't know what God is doing. Let me tell you, that doesn't mean that He doesn't have a dream for your life. That means that we just need to seek it out. We need to pursue it. We need to pray about it. And I love Joseph because he just has such boldness. You see, God gives him this impartation. He gives him this vision. And and he may not even understand it all. And but he says, he goes to his brothers and he says, I'm going to proclaim it. He, he tells them, hey, listen to this dream that I have. And, and I, I think, man, what boldness to proclaim the dream out loud, to just call it out. I think sometimes we have dreams or we have things that God has laid in our heart and we, are, we don't even believe it and we don't even uh, trust God in it to even say it out loud. We, we want to hold it in, and we're like, okay, well, maybe it'll happen one day, or maybe it will, will happen, and then I'll tell people, yet, yeah, years ago, God told me and gave me that dream. Let me tell you, there's power to proclaiming uh, what God can do. There's power to the dreams that God has given you and just speaking them out. And you know what you do? You just empower other people around you. Their faith rises up, and they see, really, God at work inside of you. And so, listen, proclaim the dreams that God has for you. And I love that. I love that Joseph did that. And I love that it wasn't, it, I think the reason that he could proclaim it with boldness is it wasn't just his dream. It was God's dream. It wasn't a dream that he just dreamt up and was daydreaming one day, but it was a dream that God gave to him. So there's a difference between our dreams and God's dreams. What's the dream that God has given to you? What are are the things that he has put inside of you? And I think when we think about our dreams versus God's dreams, we have to realize that my dreams often focus on what is possible, but God's dreams focus on what is impossible. You see, Joseph here has nowhere near being a king. He's actually just, a, you know, uh, they're farmers and they're ranchers, and and uh, but God's dream focuses on the impossible. You see, my dreams often have a self-serving purpose, but God's dreams have a kingdom-serving purpose. My dreams need my performance, but God's dreams needs his power. And let me tell you, that's the type of dreams that I want to lean into you. So what's the dream that God has given you? What is the purpose that he has for you? You may not realize or recognize. You might say, I'm not worthy of it. My past is too big. I'm broken. God God uses other people. He gives dreams to other people, but I, he's not going to do it for me. Let me tell you, God has a dream for each and every one of us. It's just about us recognizing it, stepping into it, and, and living it out and being faithful because God's dream inside of you is about the kingdom. It's about his power. It's not about you. It's about him working through you. And those are the, the dreams that we need to be proclaiming in our life. And you see, all those things might be true that you're not worthy or your past is too big, but that's, because, that's okay because that's why Jesus came. Jesus came so that he could give his life so that we could have life more abundantly, so that we could be made right in the eyes of Jesus, so that all of your past, all of your brokenness, all the things, uh, the hurt, the things, you can let those go, and now you can step into God's plan in your life. You can step into his dream. Again, it's not your power. It's not your dream. It's God's dream in your life, and that's what we need to step into. Don't forget today that God has a dream for you. So when you're living in the grace of Jesus, this is what I just think this is a great principle, a great reminder that you need, that God uh, it believes in your future more than your past. He's more concerned about your future than your past when you're living in his grace. Remember that, not everyone around you is gonna understand your dream, they're not gonna get it, but God has got you on a place that he's taking you, he's working through you. They may not even realize, that. I think of Joseph's brothers here, they came up and they're like, no, 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 no. They're, they're saying, do you think you're really gonna rule over us? They don't understand it, they don't realize how God, the story that God was weaving together in Joseph's life and what he was doing in their family. So stay faithful, stay patient in it all. It's a dream that God's given you, and we can stay patient through all of these dreams that God's given us because God is in the process. He's in the process for each and every one of us. See, the story of Joseph continues on because after after he proclaimed this dream... Uh, of that God had given him to his brothers. It says, he, you, we read that, that his brothers hated him. They hated him so much, they were mad that they beat him up, they faked his death, they threw him in a pit, and they sold him into slavery. Now, man, talk about a low point when your family does that to you. Now, some of you are mad at your sibling because growing up they gave you too many noogies and they picked on you a little bit too much. You know, the noogie, that's what, what that is, right? You know, they just picked on you a little bit too much. Now, you might be upset at, at that, but listen, Joseph here is, is just being betrayed by his brothers. They actually faked his death, told his dad that he he was killed by a wild animal, and they sell him into slavery. Now he, uh, he's at the lowest point, and he is sold into slavery and becomes a servant in a man named Potiphar's house. And you would think, man, that's got to be the lowest point. But just when he, things start to kind of get together and he's being faithful and just kind of get, getting through it, he has another setback because the Bible says that Potiphar's wife falsely accuses him. And that false accusation actually puts him in prison. So then that low point just became a lower point. How many people in life have ever been there? you're like, "I thought that was the bottom, but no, God had a new bottom for me right there and sometimes it just helps to to be reminded that God is in charge. sometimes he's just reminding you like, "Hey, you thought that was it, but I 'm going to show you how I'm going to even bring you a little lower and then bring you up and out of it and that's the story of Joseph, and what happens is he gets to that even lower point, and I bet and I guarantee that there were nights and days and, and in the, the trials and in the dark moments, you see Joseph's in prison, and I bet there were moments where Joseph's wondering about the dream. God, why did you give me that dream? Why did I speak that out? Why did I even think that you, were, that you were in that? I bet there were times when he was questioning. But let me tell you, God is in the process. This is what it says that he, as Joseph was in prison, it says in Genesis chapter 39 verse 21, that the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. Man, I love that little part right there. God showed him at the lowest point his faithful love. And I get this picture that Joseph was probably in, in, a, in a cell in prison. And he was probably having those moments where he was questioning God. He was questioning the dream that God had put in his heart. And in those moments, I bet the Holy Spirit just spoke to him, encouraged him, gave him his sweet spirit, sweet spirit and just showed him the love of God. But then that next phrase says, and then the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. You see, even at his lowest point, God was in the process. God was at work, and Joseph didn't give up. I think too many of us just give up. We just think, you know what? Well, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not gonna happen. We get to those low points and we think the dream is dead. But Joseph was faithful through it all. He knew the character of God. He knew that God would come through. And you see, God takes us through a process sometimes to grow us and make us better and get us closer to him. It it helps us, like, it teaches us things. It teaches us why we need patience. And we need to increase our endurance sometimes so that hard things will make us better. That's the reality of what it means to pursue the dream that God puts in your heart is that it's not always going to happen that there's a process to that dream it's not just a genie in the bottle type of thing and boom God does it but it's actually going to be a process that God walks you through and I think the process isn't something to be just endured it's something to be enjoyed Enjoy the process of what God is teaching you in the way that he's shaping you and the way that he's changing your heart and the things that he's teaching you in the moments. And you can, you can be patient in that when you have that type of perspective, that I'm going to enjoy the, the process that God is taking me through. Taking me through. That doesn't mean I'm always going to be excited about it, but I'm going to look and I'm going to step back. I'm going to zoom back and pray and put it in God's hands and trust Him. And I'm going to let Him change my perspective so that I can enjoy the process that He has me and He's taking me through. You said so we should have patience in the process because God's not done. He's not done. You see, Joseph was at this low point. He's in he's in jail. He's in he's in prison. He's being uh, you know he he got but God's still giving him favor. And I'm reminded that even when God's in the process and through it all, when God has a dream that he's put in your heart, his timing is perfect. It's perfect. You see, the dream isn't dead. A couple chapters later, we read about Joseph's life, and he'd been given great authority. He actually was... Taken out of prison because God had gifted him and put him in a place of of being able to speak truth to uh, to the leaders and and the king at that time and and he was able to speak that truth and God was using him and had this anointing upon his life and was and and the dream was not dead. You see, he was in prison, but God's timing is perfect. And so, a couple chapters later, we read that Joseph has been given great authority and that a drought comes over all the land and that. Because Joseph was in a position of authority, that he actually told the the uh, king that this would happen, that a drought would come, and that they had stored up uh, food in the in the years of plenty, and they'd stored up food so that when the drought came, they would be prepared. And Joseph was given authority to oversee all of that, and and, uh, and and so. The land, there's food is becoming scarce in this drought. There's no, there, there's a, a famine that's kind of starting to spread across the land. And we see that his family that betrayed him is in desperate need of food and supplies themselves. And so his dad sends his brothers, sends them to Egypt to buy some food. And at that time, God had then put, Joseph in a place where he's ruling and he's overseeing the distribution of that food. And in Genesis 42 verse 6, uh, verse six it says this, since Joseph was, uh, was governor of all of Egypt and in charge of selling grain to all the people, it was to him that his brothers came. And when they arrived, they bowed down before him with their faces to the ground. Wow. Several chapters earlier, we see the dream that Joseph spoke. And here in verse six of chapter 42, we see it comes, it comes true. Let me tell you, the dream wasn't dead for Joseph and the dream is not dead for you. Yeah, it's, not. it's not. It's easy to look too at Joseph's life and we get this nice bundle sometimes when we read Scripture. And we can read a few chapters and a few verses like this. And you can say, man, Pastor Don, you brought like kind of all the key points. And, the, and, and we just kind of are able to, to summarize quickly what Joseph's life looked like and the dream that God did. And we're able to quickly get perspective and see how God was faithful. So it's easy to look at his life and see how God worked, through, worked it all through the good. But in the moment, it probably didn't feel like that. In the moment, it probably was a lot of prayer, a lot of worship, there was probably some tears, there was probably some moments where he was like, why God, what are you doing? But let me tell you, God has a perfect time for your dream. You don't know all the circumstances, you don't know the future, but God does. Just be patient, just trust him, and he's faithful in the end. See those chapters, Genesis 37 to 42, six chapters that we're talking about today that we're looking at Joseph's life and in probably about 15 minutes you could read the story of Joseph and uh, read through these, these chapters. But those six chapters, what we don't really kind of, we get a grasp on necessarily when we're reading them is that it was 22 years that God had him in this process. See, we have a hard time waiting 22 days sometimes. But it's by God's Holy Spirit that we can walk through life with a patience. And I know that God is in the process and his timing is perfect. And I can live full of the Holy Spirit. And when I do, that I can endure and I can have patience in the process. I can have patience as I pursue the dream that he's put in my heart. And when you live full of the Holy Spirit, I think there's a couple things we can pull out today from the story of Joseph that we can kind of say, you know what? I'm okay with the process because I, I want to be patient. I want to live more patient in my life. Because when you're full of the Holy Spirit, number one, you are stronger in the setbacks. You're stronger in the setbacks. When you are full of God's Spirit inside of you, then suddenly the setbacks just make you stronger. man. I feel like sometimes in my life that I feel like I got a, a soundtrack playing in my, in my mind. I feel like I should have someone behind me with a boom box, just playing eye of the tiger so that I can let's get fired up. Because when I get a setback, I feel like, you know what? I'm more persistent to the dream. I'm going for it. I'm all in. And that I'm stronger because of the setback. I know God is teaching me something. I know that he's training me. I know that he's working inside of me. And so every obstacle, I just count it as a, as a joy. I say, I, I pursue it with excellence and I say, God, I know. And with excitement, I know that you are working something. So every setback is just making me stronger. That's why I can live with patience. And I know that, number two, that God is developing me in the delay. And that every delay that God is working, he's making me better. He's working out the dream that he has put in my life. So I want to keep on pursuing it. I want to keep living it. You see, you're developed in the delay. So be patient. Let God's Holy Spirit just infuse and empower your life so that you are living with all of those things, love, joy. We've been talking about them throughout this series, but live with patience. Live with a patience that's not just like, I'm going to try to be more patient. I'm going to try to suppress my impatience, but just live in the joy and in the moment of what God is doing in your life. I think that's the power. And we know that God is developing and he's working and he's, he's teaching us something. When I look around at our church, I want you to know God's given us a dream as a church. He's given you a dream, I believe that. That dream he's given you, and I think our dreams intersect. I think our dreams come together for a kingdom purpose. I think the dream that he's put in your heart can be fulfilled at Highmark. I think when I look around at our church, I want you to know that God's given us a dream and it's a dream for the one. The one who is hurting, the one who is looking for answers, the one who's struggling with addiction, the one who's facing a failed marriage, and the one who's grasping for anything for hope. You see, the gospel is all about, and Jesus is always centered, the kingdom of God is always centered on the one that has not yet heard the hope of Jesus. And we wanna be a church that we are all being transformed by God's grace and the power of God and and Jesus in our life. But I wanna live us, I want us to live with an abundance so that we see lives transformed. We see people stepping into the hope that God has for them. We see people that are saying, you know what? I am at the end of my dream. I need God's dream in my life. I've tried to do it myself and I can't do it. Listen, God does it through you. So we're about the one that needs the hope of Jesus and that puts us on mission that our dream is to bring the hope of Jesus to this world we want every person to find and follow Jesus and I want, to live with the, I want us to live with this abundance of God's Holy Spirit in our life. I want us to shift our perspective. And I want us to build our faith that when we hit a roadblock, when we hit a setback, uh, our faith skyrockets and we know that God has given us a dream. And suddenly our focus and our pursuit of God's dream just goes to another level. We just lean in. We say, you know what, I'm going for it. I'm, I'm pushing through. And that's what God has for us, and that's what he has for you. That he wants us to pursue the dream and be patient through it all. I'm reminded, God, every day let your Holy Spirit in the little things of life, in the little moments of life, like being late or just with my family, God let me live in patience, but in the big things too, in the bigger picture of life, God let me live with the Spirit empowered patience in me. Thanks for tuning in today. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at Highmark. Go online to highmark.church to get all the details and plan your visit. Remember, God has a high calling for your life, so keep pursuing your purpose.